0: Welcome to your daily cup of true crime in 15 minutes or less from Hot Crime Cold Coffee. Listener discretion advised due to sensitive material and some violence. These daily episodes are brought to you Monday through Friday, in addition to our regular weekly episodes that you can find on Wednesdays and Fridays. Today is Wednesday, November 30th, and yesterday's true crime trivia question was, what was the name of the eyeball killer? And the answer to that question is Charles Albright. He was also known as the Dallas Ripper and the Dallas Slasher. He was convicted of one murder. Two more were suspected, and that's what they know of. Charles Frederick Albright was born on August 10th, 1933, in Amarillo, Texas. Um, he was actually adopted by his parents. It's unknown why he was put up for adoption. His adopted mother was a school teacher, and uh, she was very strict and overprotective of him. When he got his first gun as a teenager, he would kill small animals with it, and his mother would help him stuff them. He was fascinated by taxidermy. As a teenager, he started getting in trouble for theft and assault, and he started falsifying documents, uh, stealing More and more, he even spent a year in jail. He went back to college again and studied pre-med and teaching. He was expelled because of theft. And that didn't stop him. He just went and falsified his degree He gave himself a fictitious bachelor's and master's degree. He continued to forge documents and checks. He was discovered that he didn't really have a teaching degree while he was teaching at a high school and then he was fired. He served a two year prison sentence a couple years later for theft. And he only served six months of it. And then he became an upright citizen. His neighbors absolutely loved him, he gained their trust. To the point where people would even let them watch his children. In 1981, he was convicted of molesting a 14 year old and received probation. And he, his first known victim, right? Because a lot of the times, there are even more victims than law enforcement are aware of but in this case there were potentially at least three victims. His first victim was Mary Lou Pratt and she was murdered on December 13th, 1990. She was found shot and both of her eyes had been surgically removed. On February 10th of 1991, Susan Beth Peterson was found and both of her eyes had been surgically removed. At that point, law enforcement were pretty sure that they had a serial killer. On March 10th of 1991, Shirley Williams was found and both of her eyes had also been surgically removed. The other things that all three of the women had in common was that besides their eyes being removed, all three of them were partially clothed and had been shot because they found his hair on Shirley Williams body they were able to convict him of her murder but not of the other two and I think I may have forgotten to mention that all three of the women were sex workers as well so there were a lot of common threads in the murders of those three women. He was convicted to life without parole, and he died on August 22nd, 2020, of natural causes. Today's true crime trivia question is... Which serial killer at the age of 13 shot his pregnant mother? And I'll have the answer for that question to you tomorrow. Today in True Crime History, Eileen Wernos, on November 30th of 1989, kills her first victim, Richard Malloy. In the span of a year, Wernos, murder eight men, and she was finally arrested in 1991, was given the death penalty, and executed in 2002. She is known as one of the most prolific female serial killers in America. A verdict came back in the court case of George Wagner, the fourth in the Pike County massacre. Um, he was charged with the death of eight people and the jury came back today and he was convicted on all eight counts. Now, initially he was facing the death penalty, but because his mother and his brother testified against him, they took the death penalty off the table in exchange for their testimony. The trial took approximately three months. It cost close to $4 million. And his father hasn't even faced trial yet. Uh, his brother Jake and his mother Angela were also facing um, charges, but both of them pled guilty. In exchange for the death penalty being taken off the table, as well as testifying against both George Wagner the Fourth and George Wagner the Third. Even though he did not shoot anyone, he was involved in the planning, he participated in the murders, and he helped cover them up. His sentencing will probably be towards the end of December, but it could be delayed. It could be caught up in appeals, other things. So hopefully we'll have a sentencing date soon. There's a new documentary out on Netflix that just came out this week called The Texas Killing Fields. And these cases, because it's cases plural, really make me curious. Over the span of about 30 years, so the 70s, the 80s, and the early 90s, the Texas Killing Fields, which is a section on I-45 in Texas, were used as a dump site for multiple victims and by multiple perpetrators. Over 30 women were killed and dumped at this site. It was close to a highway. It was right outside the city and it was extremely remote and barren. Basically the only thing that was there were a couple of oil, those drill pump thingies. And it was used by multiple perpetrators. Most of the cases aren't tied into each other, several of them are, and most of the cases remain unsolved. So over 30 women between the 70s and the 90s were dumped there. I can't wait until some of those cold cases gain traction because the majority of them remain unsolved. So many people wonder why Netflix and Hulu and Peacock and Paramount are coming out with all of these documentaries or docu-series about true crime. And even though they make money off of these series, obviously, the big thing is that these series shed new light on unsolved cases. Many of the docu-series that have come out recently, including the one about the Texas killing fields, it's to put new light on these cases and to get law enforcement to re-examine the cases, re-examine the the evidence, and for people to come forward the older these cases are, the less likely they are to be solved because even though somebody knows something, those witnesses are are dying because that's life, right? And so I think it's really important that we keep these cases in the spotlight because you never know Who's heard something, who saw something, and will finally come forward? That's it for today's daily episode. Don't forget, daily episodes are Monday through Friday with your regular episodes. On Wednesday and Friday. Please rate, subscribe, save, follow, and you can find us on social media at Hot Crime Cold Coffee. See ya!